the rock that we ate. Ones we love, ones we hate. Some are good, some are great. One meat, two sides, hot sauce. We're your guides, Rob, Andy, and Randy, and sometimes a guest. Welcome to Talkin' Trash, a Rochester-based food podcast where we rate and review local and national food favorites. I'm Rob. I'm Randy. And I'm Andy. And this week, we will be kicking off our summer ice cream series. And to start with, it's just going to be us three, so let's jump right into the ketchup. Andy, what's new in your life, man? Well, it is summer, and we've been doing all sorts of summer things in my house. I have two soon-to-be three-year-olds, and one of the most amazing things we did this week was we went to Seabreeze for the first time. And I have never been. I am a Buffalonian at heart. And I moved here when I was like 23. So for me, I had never been there. I had sort of been there, been living here as a grown-up without kids. So I missed the window to go to Seabreeze. So that was kind of fun. And my kids had a blast. It was, it's got kind of a slight retro vibe to it which is cool, and nothing there is too new or too fancy. It just feels like the places I used to go when I was a kid. So that was a lot of fun. And afterwards, we went right across the street to the Bill Grays, which was fantastic. So that was a fun thing we did. And another cool thing we did, story time. This is like for our parent podcast, I guess. Story time at the public libraries are back in person. So we took our kids. They used to we used to go all the time like every week and they loved it, but they wouldn't really participate much, but now my kids are old enough that they're they're doing the dancing and they're starting to clap. My kids are also a little bit shy, so they've spent half their life <laughs> in captivity basically. So it's been really fun to get out of the house with them. My wife and I had the week off, so it was a lot of fun. So we've just been doing summer stuff. That's my catch up. And now starting to eat some ice cream. Nice. Randy? Uh, big news in my apartment household. Uh, just bought a pineapple core. Never seen them. Never heard of them before. Rob, Huge I'm, news. I'm stealing your thunder, Rob. Uh, I for could have given you mine. Kitchen, kitchen appliances. Kitchen guy. <laughs> Wait, is it an OXO? It's not an OXO. Um, well, then I don't know if you technically do have a pineapple yeah. core. <laughs> well, I haven't used it either, so I guess I don't know if I do either. Do you even core? Um, it It's exciting. Uh, I went on a trip to Cayuga this past week and one of the guys had it and it just makes eating pineapple really fun and uh exciting and delicious congrats thanks so that's the big news for your summer yeah it came in yesterday and uh, I can't wait to uh use it this is like when Rob does the weekend food and he's like I went to Arby's Nothing else was good. <laughs> Rob also poured me a giant glass of cold brew coffee, and now I feel like I'm totally all over the place. You look so, like you're great. shaking. Yeah, I don't, Hope I that's don't know. not coming through on the audio. It's a half a glass. Uh, okay, thank Wait, you. Question on the pineapple core. I don't eat a lot of pineapple. Uh, so, is this something? Does this remove all the work, or do you still have to like skin the outside, or does it do everything? It does everything. So you cut off the top. You twist that. it in like a corkscrew. Yeah, cut off the top. That's a lot of work. Oh, well, if you buy a pre-removed <laughs> okay. top of a pineapple, um, and then you just screw it in, you pull it out, and it comes in like those circles, like the pineapple circles. Nice. And then you just pull them apart and eat them. It's that awesome. is cool. So. Summer's on, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I used to have one of those. I 
I don't know if I still, I think I probably donated it to the Salvation Army years ago, but it did make. Wow, Rob's such a good person. It, you know, I saw a lot of people in Need in Rochester just digging at pineapples with people their bare hands. Walking around the streets with full pineapples. Unable to even access that sweet, sweet fruit. And I thought, you know, I'm going to help these people out. Uh, so, okay, that's a pretty big upgrade, Randy. Uh, for my catch-up, I've been, as per usual, working on a project. Uh, my downstairs, uh, I have a downstairs bathroom, and I didn't know where it was venting to. And so, and the vent was really old and gross, so I wanted to vent it to the outside of my house, just because that's what you're supposed to do. And I, I got into there. My plan was just to like kind of take out the old fan and kind of take a look. And that turned into the whole project getting started prematurely. I had to get out saws. I had to, it, it just got way uh, more intense than I had planned very quickly. And so now I've got hundreds of dollars worth of equipment over here. And I've got to drill a hole in the side of my house tomorrow and hopefully get that fan in there and get it venting to the outside. Oh, and the reason I had to do it is because my upstairs shower, which is what I use primarily... There's a section of like five tiles that are coming off the wall. So I'm going to have to retile my entire upstairs bathroom. And in order to do that, I want to have the downstairs bathroom ready to roll. So it was like the project before the project. So I've got some stuff going on over here. I'm sure I'll have some tile recommendations for you guys in the coming weeks. <laughs> and uh, that is my catch up. Sounds like you could use some pineapple, Rob. I'll bring you over some <laughs> while you're working. Yeah, this, this sounds like a... Something that happens to Rob from time to time. I think we've heard a few stories about projects like this. I know typically when you start a project on your own, it does kind of spiral out of control or take longer than you would like. Most people that happens to. But you're a perfectionist, Rob, and I respect you for it. I'd probably just seal that thing right back up and hope for the best. Maybe throw some super glue behind the tiles. I, you know, I, I should. I've been wanting to retile it anyways. I kind of like, I've done a backsplash and that wasn't that hard. So I've wanted, and so once I borrow my friend's tile saw, I've got the front entryway I want to retile. And then once all that's done, I'm going to completely gut the downstairs bathroom top to bottom and redo it from scratch. But that's maybe in a year from now because it's, it's fully functional. It just looks Sometimes it's nice to just have a catalyst to get you started. Yeah. Yep. So. (laughs) Okay. Great reference. Is that Tim Allen? (laughs) (laughs) Is that a Binford tile saw you're borrowing? <laughs> well, obviously. We yeah. also have to pay $50 every time we do that to uh, oh, no. improvement. So Tim Allen. Hopefully it was worth it. Totally worth it. Okay, so as Andy alluded to earlier, we're starting Ice Cream Month. And so what we're going to do is, before we actually get into the competitors for this week's challenge, we are going to share our cream stories. So, Randy, how did you get an ice cream? Any memorable... <laughs> Great question, Rob. I was thinking about this on the way over because he I probably jacked up I probably <laughs> ate ice cream when I was two, so this is a great segment to go back and remember. Um, it was probably McDonald's, I'm going to guess. Uh, one of their ice cream cones going there, one of their dishes. Uh, but I do vividly remember my favorite ice cream as a kid was Friendly's, the one with the surprise at the bottom. If you guys remember, it looked like a face. Uh and I think it was like an ice cream dish. Andy, you can jump in if you want to help me out. Cause... We were big Friendly's family growing up. And we would often get those little, they were like, um, I don't know how big they are, maybe like half a quart. Just like the little circles, almost like the things our ice cream came in today, but flatter. 
and each one was like a personal Sunday. My brother yeah. was very into the Reese's Pieces one. Yes. And that is, so you'd open it up and there was like fudge on half, peanut butter sauce on half, Reese's Pieces sprinkled on top, and then vanilla ice cream with Reese's Pieces throughout. And they were just pre-made sundaes that you could buy and take home. And uh, and they when you get them there, I remember their big shtick in the menu was there's a surprise at the bottom, and it was always just more Reese's Pieces. But as a kid, <laughs> loved it. Like, it was awesome. So that was, like, the first memory I really have of ice cream as a kid. See, that was good. That was yeah. a good cream stream, Andy. That was a great cream stream. Thanks, guys. Andy, what about your cream stream? Well, yeah, I, I think... Same thing. I mean, you can't. It's hard to remember your first cone truly, but memories stick out. Um, I was a big sports player when I was growing up, so the team window was a big experience for me. After like a baseball game, you'd go. The whole team would go, and you wouldn't go into the normal part of the store. You'd go to the side window, and they'd just crank out cones real fast, and then like the coach would pay, or like the parents would pay, or something. So that was a, a good growing up memory. And then another chunk of my life, I actually worked at a frozen custard place in Buffalo. I've probably talked before about it on the pod. It's kind of like how here there's Bill Gray's with Abbott's inside. Uh, the place I worked at was called Anderson's Frozen Custard, but they also happen to specialize in hot food, specifically beef on whack sandwiches, a Buffalo thing. So I, you know, I slung cones, uh, got a lot of memories there. A couple of my friends worked there with me and I probably worked there for two or three years it was like right across the street from my high school so a lot of people from my school worked there and it's a it's like a buffalo chain so rob i'm sure you're familiar with that place as well oh yeah yeah great great place to go in buffalo that's probably where i developed my true love of like finer ice cream before that my life was probably friendlies or you know maybe fast food places and then just like scooped i was a big sherbet guy growing up as a little kid which i thought was great but i now i'm more of an ice cream person and i appreciate like the the more designer fancier kind of ice creams you can get these days so uh those are probably the two biggest parts of my cream story i'd say rob uh, so as a kid i lived pretty close to a uh dairy queen so we would go to Dairy Queen. It was they, were, they only did ice cream at this Dairy Queen. It wasn't a brazier. It was not a brazier. Um, they, they, I would get the blizzards every time, and it usually was a peanut butter cup blizzard. Sometimes it was a Reese's Pieces um, blizzard, although Reese's Pieces are always kind of weird when they get cold because they almost taste like waxy or they just the texture gets strange. Don't talk to my brother about that. <laughs> he loved those things. Yeah, well, he's got bad taste. Uh Whoa. <laughs> which hold on which brother is this this Andy? is tim oh could, no could be possibly a new listener this summer oh. i just told him about the pod he's got to listen to this one. Oh man i can't wait for us to get our second email to the talking trash account tim could be a good future guest for one of our maybe our buffalo trips because he's a he's a buffalo food connoisseur as yeah. well hey tim uh so anyways peanut butter cup blizzards and then you know i never really was a huge ice cream guy as a kid, I was more of just a general dessert fan. And when we got older, there was a, a brand new ice cream place in Cornhill called Cornhill Creamery. And it overlooked the water. It was kind of near where like Tony D's is underneath those condos. And it was just this little spot. They made homemade ice cream. And it, it was probably my first experience with a place that was like a, you know, artisanal little shop that made their own actual ice cream and it was always amazing like we'd ride our bikes over there sometimes and get ice cream and they had a really really good chocolate peanut butter ice cream with huge chunks of amazing peanut butter 
And then the place just kind of went under, but that was kind of how I got back into ice cream. And I also live very close now to an ice cream shop that's literally, I don't know, 140 yards from my house, maybe even closer. So that kind of got me back into ice cream as well. Well, it's funny <clears throat> you bring up the uh, ice cream place near your house, Rob. What, that's Netson's, right? Mm-hmm. Sorry, I have a cough. <clears throat> and uh, Netson's, they serve Perry's. Yep. So for our ice cream episodes, we are we tried to have just places that make their own ice cream. So Netson's, we love it. We've eaten there hundreds of times. We'll often just meet up for a cone. We love it, but did not make the cut just for our our belief. Now, Rob, you are a true creamsman Correct. by every sense of the word. In our group of friends, you're, you're the biggest ice cream fan. Yes. So maybe, I don't know, tell us a little bit about why you love ice cream. I know you told us about your cream street a little bit, but what what is it that homemade ice cream or you know you talk a little bit about milk fat from time to time tell us what's so important in a good scoop of ice cream yeah you know i true i truly am a dairy hound i i I eat tons of cheese i put heavy cream in my coffee i have no dairy issues like some people have i'll slam ice cream i'll have no issue getting a lone cone or i head over to an ice cream shop and just get some ice cream by myself and just Walk home. Or a cone loan if you want to buy a ton of ice cream. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, you know, what I, I guess I kind of discovered, and this is something I learned recently, is that the higher-end ice creams have a higher fat content. And so uh, if you get like a Perry's or if you get just more of a, a cheaper brand, not that Perry's is a cheaper brand, and I do love Perry's, what they do is they churn a little bit more air in it. So it's, you know, pound for pound less uh, a little less indulgent, a little less rich. And I have seen like specials on ice cream and they do use different milk fats. You go to these like higher end places and, and they do, they'll be like, oh, we use a, this percent. I don't know the percents, but they'll mention the percents and, and you know, the percentages do make a pretty big difference. And I've actually seen that at the store where, you know, I don't know, Turkey Hill or Perry's or someone like that, they, mm-hmm. they'll, it'll say extra churned. Mm-hmm. And I think they market it as a lighter option because there's just more air. And you're like, oh, it's not as fatty because a cup has less ice cream in it, basically. Yeah, and, and it still tastes good. I mean, that air is not a bad thing necessarily. It's just a little bit less rich. So, like, and you'll know that it is richer and denser if it's the super premium. So if you see that label, like, that actually, like, means something. So Ben & Jerry's is a super premium. Wegmans offers their own options, things like that. So that's just something to kind of keep in mind. The, the one thing that, for me distinguishes a good ice cream from a bad is just is it creamy or is it icy i mean and then the flavor obviously is equally important but there are some places that are pretty highly touted that to me it kind of tastes icy and it's just Mm -hmm. you know i I don't go back because of that so well i know what you're talking about but we'll be getting to them later this summer a little bit uh but what you mentioned about icy and texture that kind of is a good intro for this week's I don't want to call it a matchup. We just didn't want to do eight full episodes on ice cream. So we ate two types of ice cream. We're going to talk about two places. I don't know that we are going to necessarily decide a winner, but maybe we'll just rate them each out of 10. A a winner would come of that, but these ice creams that we had today serve different purposes, I think. So uh, we were talking about this. We made a list, and two of the places we mentioned were Pittsford Farms Dairy and Eat Me Ice Cream. So two very different options. And the reason these two are 
up, quote unquote, against each other is that I just happened to see that Eat Me Ice Cream had a flavor, like a collaboration with a local bakery that I wanted to try. So they collaborated with Scratch Bake Shop, which in one of our previous episodes I mentioned I had some cookies from there, and they were doing chocolate chip cookie dough. Now, Eat Me Ice Cream isn't actually ice cream, I don't believe, technically, but it's a vegan, gluten-free ice cream product. But I had it today, and I was really impressed. And they made the cookie dough with Scratch Bake Shop's vegan cookie dough. So I pounced on that, and then we picked up vanilla and then kind of a wilder flavor passion fruit mezcal and we thought we would get vanilla everywhere and kind of compare those then have a little more freedom with the other two choices and from pittsburgh dairy we got vanilla we got dirty vanilla which has chocolate chips what was the other chocolate crisps or something like that something like that almost like chocolate slivers or chocolate yeah and pieces. chunks of Oreo. So yeah. it, ha- it was just like all sorts of different, almost like a cookie dough. Uh, we were looking for their cookie monster flavor, which is their fancy steroid version of cookie dough. They just happen to be all out, probably because it's delicious. And then we got a peanut butter fudge for our third wild card flavor there. So should we talk about the Eat Me ice cream? Let's let's just talk a little bit about the competition itself. So Andy kind of alluded to we're going to do four weeks uh, two ice cream places against each. After we finished the breakfast sandwich showdown, one of the biggest pieces of feedback that at least I received was that we had way too many episodes of that one series. It kind of dragged on, and we didn't need to keep eating at the same places over and over and over again. I think I actually gave that feedback. And also, <laughs> I also gave that feedback, too. Which means that's the most we got because it's two two things. Yeah, and, and maybe we do have a finals where we bring back one maybe the favorite flavor of two different places so that it's still a little less ice cream but there is that head-to-head comparison you know that's a possibility for down the road but or maybe we even just do rankings like we did at the end of the breakfast yeah. sandwich showed them and say okay here's where we would go for these types of ice cream or these are our personal favorites yeah so we're doing things a little bit differently going forward both for our listeners and our own personal health and so also, I'd like to apologize ahead of time. I have like some type of dairy phlegm from all the ice cream. Like it just keeps. <laughs> are you guys getting this too? Like I am it too. Keeps popping up. It so. happens with my kids when they drink their like vitamin D milk every morning. <laughs> They're just like they're hacking it up. Yeah. So if I if it sounds like I'm clearing my throat a lot, I'm trying not. It to means we got a lot of milk fat. A lot system. of milk fats going down, <laughs> there. which is good for podcasting. <laughs> yeah, we don't have cough buttons on our microphones. Yeah, we're not that sorry. fancy. <laughs> no. So yeah, we might sound a little bit different this week. And uh, yeah, so let's let's jump right into it, Andy. All right, so we got Eat Me Ice Cream. We'll start off with their vanilla. So again, this is not a dairy-based product. I'm not sure of every ingredient in here, but our best guess is co- coconut milk because there's an overall kind of coconut taste to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was interested in hearing what Rob would have to say, knowing he is such a cream hound, creamsman all the way. Um, my personal thoughts at first was it's coconutty. It has very good texture. I was expecting something more icy, but it actually, I think, and it grew on me as I ate it. And the more I ate it, the more I would be convinced that I'm just eating ice cream. Every bite I had kind of reformatted my brain and it was refreshing and good. It just didn't have a super vanilla flavor. And I understand why, because the coconut milk. Kind of, but it it was good. It, I would almost just think I was having 
coconut vanilla ice cream without coconut shavings, just the flavor. I did let my kids try it, and they're about to be three years old. My son Max said it was vanilla, and my son Teddy then said it was vanilla because he didn't want to think of something to say on his own. So great feedback <laughs> from them. Both accurate statements. I thought yeah. you were going to say, and my son Teddy said it was chocolate. I was like, <laughs> he was way off. We're going to have to tell that. Rob, so Rob, what did you think? So I kind of went in. Uh, I Eat Me is located in the Hungerford, which is like a really cool uh, building with businesses and art studios. And, and one of our friends, uh, David Lane Designs, who does leather work, works out of there. And I, his studio is really cool. If you're looking for any kind of leather work, he's the place, you know, you check out his studio. I've been to Eat Me before, and I didn't really like it, I'll be honest with you. And so, and I, I do like real ice cream. I'm not really into vegan things. So I kind of came in with... A, definitely like a negative uh, preconception, but I was pretty impressed. I don't love coconut, but I do like it. And I thought the coconut flavor was, was pretty nice. Good texture. I did write a little icy, but you're going to expect that from a vegan ice cream. And I just thought I had good flavor. Uh, Randy, you have a lot more experience with, with vegan foods and vegetarian foods. So what were your thoughts? Definitely tastes like coconut because of the coconut milk that they obviously use instead of regular milk. Um, I thought the consistency was really good. I didn't even notice any iciness in the consistency. I would have never known it was vegan. The vanilla had a mild flavor. I loved it. I would totally get this as vanilla again. I rarely get just vanilla ice cream um, because I always like stuff in the ice cream. But this was delicious. I would totally get this as like an actual ice cream. Yeah, I... And it, it literally was kind of fun going to this place for me. I've never been to the Hungerford. It's Like you said, it's a cool place. It's a little melting pot lab of all these little businesses and things like that. And it was cool to support like a local smaller business too. And uh, I was really jacked up to try the next flavor, which was the cookie dough. Um, my son Max said, it was yummy. And my son Teddy said, quote, cookie, end quote. So again... Accurate statements. The cookie dough, it came in, I don't know what those sizes are, pints? I think they're pints because that's smaller than a quart, right? These are little pints of ice cream, and they're super packed tight, and it's frozen really solid, I think probably because it's not as creamy or airy maybe. It's a little more you know, dense or whatever. But uh, this was even harder to scoop, I think, for Rob because it just has massive gobs of cookie dough. They even sprinkle crumbs of real cookies on top. Um, he gave me one big scoop of ice cream and it was probably 65% cookie dough, which I was all about. And the rest, I think I'm guessing was that same vanilla base because you could taste a little bit of the coconut, but man, this was awesome. And the cookie dough is vegan, gluten-free. So, I mean, if you're a person who has some of those restrictions on your diet, this is a great place to get some, you know, seriously intense, fancy ice cream products. Um, I just wrote gobs of cookie dough. It was mostly cookie. I thought it was excellent, amazing, delicious. I, I would order again for sure. I uh, I thought it was delicious, but it wasn't cookie dough like I would think cookie dough was. It actually felt like it was crumbled up pieces of cooked cookies um, that they smushed together into chunks of like crumbly. It was very crumbly to me. Um, cause I love cookie dough is my favorite ice cream. And so to me, it wasn't like the natural cookie dough, but it tasted delicious. I didn't get any chocolate chips in mind. So that's why I was curious what kind of cookie it was. Um, definitely the same vanilla base. 
So for this one, and I definitely eat a lot of vegan and gluten-free things because of um, Laurel, I would say it was very delicious, definitely worth having, but it wasn't, again, like cookie dough. If you're looking for that type of cookie dough consistency, it wasn't that. See, I thought mine did have that. Maybe you just got to scoop off the top because the top, they definitely crumbled actual cookie on top and smushed it down. Okay. And then, but on, I did get like a, ga, a big chunk of cookie dough, well, I thought. Let's see, Rob, Rob, let's break the tie think? here. I kind of agree with Randy because I didn't get that much from the top, but I did get a chunk from underneath. And, you know, it kind of reminds me more of, Andy referenced it earlier, the Cookie Monster cookie ice cream at Pittsburgh Dairy, which does have chunks of, I think, like chocolate chip cookies and maybe cookie dough pieces as well, maybe. Yeah, those remind me, the ones in the Pittsburgh almost remind me of like a milk-soaked cookie or something. You yes. know what I mean? Like it's waterlogged or it's soaked up some of the hydration of the ice cream. And that's kind of what I think this yeah. might have been. And maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I don't know. But either way, we all said it was tasty. Did you agree with oh, that, Rob? I thought it was excellent. I, and I would agree. Mine was at least like 40% cookie, 60% ice cream, yeah. which was an awesome ratio. All right, guys. Forget it. I'm... You you hold down the fort. I'm taking a look. I gotta know: is this cookie dough or is this? All right, Randy's okay. gonna go in. We're gonna take a quick break. All right, you guys can hold down the fort. I'll be right back. Okay, Randy is gonna go to the fridge or well, the freezer and figure this in, out. While he investigates, we could talk a little bit about the third flavor because we'll just keep things moving, yeah. or whatever. So the third flavor we got was a wild card. I was looking at all their flavors. You can probably hear Randy opening the freezer back there. This is true <laughs> investigative reporting, and uh, my wife and I sort of decided together to get something not on the same spectrum, to get something totally different. And that's what we use the wild card pick for. So we got a flavor called Passion Fruit Mezcal. And so we were thinking this would almost have like a summery, margarita-y type vibe to it. And this one was my wife's favorite of the three. She said, if you're leaving and you guys are divvying up the ice creams, that would be my top choice. So... Um, putting the pressure on publicly on the boys to let me take that one home. I thought this was refreshing. When I, I did take a little taste at home with my wife. That's why she knew it was her favorite. Rob was a little confused when he opened up the pints and there was spoonfuls missing off the top. Well, that was from me. Little tiny, tiny spoonfuls. <laughs> I have children. They're tiny It's like children. a mouse came in to try to nibble on sample it. it. Randy's back. Randy, what's the word? Guys, this reminds me of, I don't remember, I don't know if you remember the donut episode or there was also a breakfast sandwich episode where the person cutting didn't cut very equally and you didn't get the whole piece. Like I had no apples in my fritter. Exactly. I think um, that actually happened to you. I'm not, yeah. <laughs> I'm not blaming anybody, but there is 100% cookie dough in that ice cream now. I, I didn't scoop it. Listen, there was just a piece. leave it there. It was delicious. I don't so remember who scooped it. That but. just took this ice cream up a whole nother level because there's crumbled up cookie, like you said, and actual cookie dough. Guys, this ice cream is phenomenal. I just, it just. Did you just eat a piece of the cookie dough? Oh, yeah. I just took a piece <laughs> of the cookie dough and ate it. So, yeah, I apologize. That's why I wanted to check because I didn't want to miss, you know, miss, hey. give misinformation. Well on. done. So, there is 100% cookie dough in this ice cream, yes, with chocolate chips in the cookie dough. Top notch okay. stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, let's jump back to a totally different ice cream flavor, the passion fruit mezcal. I envisioned this as something you could eat outside on a hot day, and it's legit refreshing. It's very sweet. It's strong flavor. Uh, it's almost like, because we were eating such creamy things and chocolatey things, this was like, it's shock. It was almost like a little tart to it, too. Um, I, I said, this is like a 
poolside dessert kind of almost like a sorbet um but I, I think it was a good one. It was the very last thing we ate. It was a good one to end on. It was sort of a cream palate cleanser for us. Anyone else have some thoughts on the passion fruit? This is going to be kind of a cop-out, I understand. It wasn't my type of ice cream. I didn't necessarily like it. But it's also one that I would recommend anybody try because it wasn't bad. It just wasn't a taste I enjoyed. But I think other people would totally be into this type of And you, Randy, have had... A different flavor, right? You've had the lavender flavor, yes. which I think is one oh, of their popular flavors. Lavender was so good. Yeah, so good. So I think for me, it's just I don't really like mezcal, I guess, or passion fruit or both of them together. Um, but it, it, the consistency was amazing. Again, never would have known this was um, vegan, dairy-free. Uh, so, yeah, I'd recommend, like I, like for Laurel, I would totally say, hey, you got to give this a shot because she might like this one. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it. <laughs> I... It it shocked me in a bad way. Uh, after we were, you know, having a bunch of dairy, I took a, a big scoop of that, and it just knocked me in the face. I, like Randy, this is not my kind of ice cream. I'm not like a sherbet fruit flavored. I think it's pronounced sherbet. Sherbet. Yeah. Um, and I say sherbet. <laughs> sherbet. I, I don't like that kind of a frozen dessert. So, what if you had just played a round of golf and it was really hot out, and someone gave you a scoop of that as like a quick dessert after a round of golf. You think that would still wouldn't do it for you just cause it's not your style. I might eat it, but I eat a lot of things that I don't love. Yeah. So that's I, why we do the podcast actually. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, in the end I didn't even finish the little bowl that yeah. I scooped up. I, I dumped the rest. And so it did have this, you know, you did taste the passion fruit and I like mezcal, the lime. There's almost like a hint of lime. There's a tartness to it. It's just not my style. And so I, I didn't enjoy that one. Yeah. Yeah. Ice cream's interesting because now that the flavors are getting crazier and crazier, there are a lot of things that's, that can go your way or not or be your interest or not. You know, one of the flavors we had for Pittsburgh Dairy, the peanut butter fudge, I don't like peanut butter as the main flavor of something. So same thing for me on the on the cream side, on the ice cream side, I had the same problem. But... Let's talk about those Pittsburgh flavors next, and then we'll kind of do our final thoughts at the end. Sure. We started off with vanilla, and Rob kind of thawed these out. So these ice creams were much softer than the Eat Me, which were still super frozen from my excellent cooler work on the way over. Yeah, I, I would agree. And, and for me, I like that. Uh, I like that softness. So it kind of, you know, I always try to like defrost my ice cream a little bit. Uh, before eating it and maybe we a little slightly over defrost this one but i i thought it still tasted fine i prefer this style i like it melty a little bit i once saw on an episode of like you know something on the food network diners driving dives where the he was at this place and actually what i remember about it was the guy made his own ice cream and he would it was in like an old ice cream shop and he would use like a foot elevator and carry it up to the first floor each bin of ice cream like it was like a malt shop and he used the glass glasses and he said uh we keep our coolers at you know 33 degrees or whatever it is or i don't know maybe it was like 10 degrees something to keep it super cold and he's like you're not supposed to eat ice cream melty and i was like that doesn't appeal to me i was a as a kid i was a big ice cream soup guy i'd kind of mix it up at the end and you get the big chunks of the things you wanted so yeah i like it 
a little bit more like that. Mm-hmm. I thought it was good vanilla, creamy. It was much fluffier yeah. than the denser eat me stuff. Uh, and that makes sense because it's probably churned a different way or the cream just has a different effect on it. Uh, the vanilla, I actually expected more vanilla flavor, but it was pleasantly not overwhelming, the Pittsburgh Dairy. I thought it was a great vanilla ice cream. When you said foot elevator, did you mean escalator? No, no. The, this is why it was like a weird... Yeah, I guess the, I, I, in my head, you guys had seen this episode too. No, he like he like kneeled on a... Like a, it's because this is a really long, narrow place. So the elevator can only be like three feet wide. So he kneeled on it and then he would operate it with his foot, his other foot. What? So he would like have like a giant milk canister filled with ice cream and then hug it, put his knee on the elevator and like pump his way up. Like something in the 1920s, you know? But he liked doing it the old fashioned way. Like, Sounds like he's an idiot. Well, Sounds crazy. I want to see this thing. He is very. He's trying to be kitschy, I think. You well, know? I've also heard the opposite about ice cream. That a hand elevator? That you should use a hand <laughs> elevator. No, that you should let it defrost a little bit because the colder something is, the less your taste buds can sense it. Yeah. And so I, I've heard you are, I, I thought you I are guess supposed naturally to let I'm like a food savant then, I guess. Ice cream soup <laughs> yeah. is what smart people do. <laughs> so I, I've, I've heard the opposite, but I'm not sure what's true i could just be imagining it randy any further thoughts on the vanilla from pittsburgh dairy when it melted it it almost tasted like i was just drinking milk Mm -hmm. vanilla flavored milk um it but you're right it had a mild vanilla taste it was exactly what i would think pittsburgh dairy does where you can taste the milk you can taste the dairy and obviously we're comparing it to a place that doesn't use any dairy so that was interesting yeah we did them back to back we did eat me followed by Pittsburgh, followed by Eat Me, yeah. Pittsburgh, Eat Me, Pittsburgh, just back and forth, just to mainly to compare the vanillas. Um, but these are two totally different entries into this little, you know, episode string here. The next one we tried was Dirty Vanilla, which uh, we said was vanilla ice cream with Oreo chunks, chocolate chips, and I can't remember the term. I'll look it up, Rob. Talk about the dirty vanilla. Yeah, dirty vanilla, essentially it tasted like cookies and cream with extra chocolate is kind of how I would describe it. And looking at my notes, I didn't write any notes. Uh, I just, it tasted good and I ate it and it was fine. One thing about iciness, these, the Pittsburgh Dairy ice creams all had a little bit of iciness to them. I think not a lot, but a little bit. And the reason I think I've made ice cream myself and I've done some ice cream research and everywhere in it, they say it's pretty much impossible to eliminate all iciness. It doesn't matter where you're getting it from. There's going to be some. And if you buy, and we bought these from a a freezer case and it it kind of surprised me because every time I've gotten a cone from Pittsburgh dairy, it's been the freshest zero ice, amazing ice cream I've ever had. You buy it out of a freezer case. It's been sitting in there for a little while. And I think the big scoopable tubs that they're making are probably the freshest ice cream they have. And I think that might be why there was a little bit. And again, I'm, I'm talking very minute amounts of iciness, but definitely a little bit. And this pursuit of zero iciness is how Rob will become a supervillain someday. So, <laughs> like Dr. Freeze or something. Mm-hmm. He was experimenting on ice cream, trying to remove all the ice. Want another secret? A little bit of vodka. Oh, there you go. Let it uh, lowers the freezing temp or something. But or something. Hashtag <laughs> <laughs> ice cream research. <laughs> that was the, the secret. Uh, so, yeah. Dirty vanilla. What do you guys think? 
I looked up the other ingredients called chocolate crunch, which probably, like mm. you said, is just like shavings that have a little air in the middle. Sorry, Randy, go ahead. Oh, no. I was going to say, if Rob's a creamsman, I'm more of a creams boy because I'm not <laughs> as sensitive to the ice. I didn't notice any ice in any of this. Um, I also, though, like Rob, wrote no notes. I just wrote, <laughs> wow, amazing. That You're- was the first thought in my head was, wow. You guys are like Max and Teddy, my kids. <laughs> Vanilla, <laughs> cookie, wow. It was awesome. There's nothing else to be said. It was delicious. Yeah. The thing that stuck Sorry. out to me was there's levels of texture in this ice cream. Mm-hmm. So you got the vanilla, and then you have from pulverized Oreo crumbs that are in there. You can feel that like graininess, and that instantly translates to sort of like an Oreo base flavor. And it goes to as big as half an Oreo was in mine, you know, which was also delicious. And then there's the chocolate chips. So sometimes you have like a a piece of texture in your mouth, but you don't know what it's going to taste like until you bite it. Sometimes it tastes like milk chocolate. Sometimes it tastes like whatever that chocolate crunch is or whatever semi-sweet chocolate for the chocolate chips. And then sometimes it's a piece of Oreo. So that's kind of a fun thing about it is that you get different tastes every time you bite it. Um, I think crazy fancy flavors like this are is what i think of when i think of pittsford dairy uh because they just have so many flavors and they make new ones and they change them and stuff like that so this is my type of ice cream i love cookies and cream i love cookie dough i like vanilla as my base flavor so i agree with randy this is an awesome ice cream for me i also didn't notice ice until the last pittsford flavor that's where i noticed ice but um that's coming up next. That's peanut butter fudge. And we kind of think this is a peanut butter based ice cream. It has tons of hot fudge mixed in along the side. And you can kind of apply that as you like because most scoops have just a big gob of it in there. And in between those, I noticed swirls of, I don't know if it's peanut butter or peanut butter mixed with sugar. It, it It's peanut butter swirls and they taste like the inside of a Reese's peanut butter cup to me. Not a peanut butter guy, but this was maybe the best version of peanut butter ice cream I could ask for because the base flavor is not overwhelming and you can mix in the fudge at your own discretion. What do you guys think of this? There wasn't as much fudge as I think you would think. I had to hunt it down because they're, they're, my very first scoop had zero fudge in it. They usually- and I had to like... I had to like go and scrape from the sides in order to make yeah. sure we all had. It's like some a visual fudge. thing that where they yeah. put stripes down the side. They do Correct. that with a lot of their flavors. So within it, it didn't have as much fudge as I would like. When I think back to that Cornhill Creamery that I referenced earlier, that had the best uh, peanut butter the ice cream. The one that cream, got away. The one that got yeah. away. It had giant chunks of definitely like fresh chocolate, but it had solidified. Whereas. This is truly like chocolate in its fudge form, where it's um, you know almost like caramelly, you know, in, in that yeah. sense, which was good. I thought the peanut butter flavor was good. I didn't catch those little um, chunks of peanut butter that you were talking well, about. It stood out because it was hard. And when you bit it, you could feel like the sugary crumble, you know, gotcha. where you wouldn't notice that in a fudge. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was a good. I, I always enjoy peanut butter with ice cream personally. So I thought it was a good version of that. Randy? Yeah, I said awesome. Fudge is melty and delici- delicious. And wow. Uh, didn't get wow on this one. Um, peanut butter was a perfectly mild peanut butter taste, so not yeah, overwhelming. Same. Pieces yep. of peanut butter in it. I thought the color was beautiful. You couldn't. I couldn't ask for a better colored ice cream. Like it's interesting. Like I said about the last one, the 
I almost expected to be overpowered by the vanilla and the peanut butter, but they're, I guess they kind of let the extras be the stars of the show, which is probably what they should do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It was like a golden peanut butter Mm. color. It was, it looked amazing. So overall, nothing wrong with that one either. Delicious. I guess maybe we talk a little bit about final thoughts here. Um, Let's start with eat me ice cream. Rob, what what is your kind of overall experience with that? I was pleasantly surprised. Like I said, I'd already been there before. And I, when I went there last time, I had chai flavored ice cream, which was, eh, it was okay. And I think that I've kind of had this kind of negative attitude towards them until today in which I was pleasantly surprised. I mean, I'm, I have no dairy issues, so I probably won't frequent this place. But if I would ever recommend to somebody who has any dietary restrictions, I would highly recommend this place, especially that uh, cookie dough uh, version. That was just amazing. And, and the vanilla is solid. It's fine. But yeah, I, I was really surprised. Pittsburgh Dairy has always been one of my favorites in the area, so there were no surprises there. I, I you know, I they were both they were both very good. I for me, I'm going to throw this out there. I liked the vanilla at Eat Me more than I liked the vanilla at Pittsburgh. I think the vanilla at Pittsburgh was like too too much milk for me. Um, it's like having a bowl of cereal with skim milk versus having a bowl of cereal with whole milk. Uh, and sometimes I have to substitute at home cause we got, we get like the half gallon of skim and we have like three gallons of whole milk for my kids. And it's wild when you eat something with just whole milk, like cereal, it's like, whew, it's I thick, Yeah. And, and because I think it was just vanilla, there's nothing else in it. Um, and I would have never been able to tell that eat me was not vegan. Um, besides the coconut, obviously was vegan or sorry, was vegan. Yeah. Okay. Besides the coconut, obviously. Um, other than that, though, Pittsburgh, that cookies and cream took the, I don't, that's almost unbeatable. I don't know. The dirty vanilla. Yeah. Dirty vanilla. Sorry. It, and I'm not a big like cookies and cream guy. I usually don't get it, but it was just phenomenal. Like I, I hate to pull a 10 out today if we're scoring them like this, <laughs> but that thing, I couldn't say anything else. It was so good. Peanut butter fudge. Again, I'm not a big peanut butter ice cream guy, so I probably wouldn't get it again. But it was phenomenal. I mean, if you like peanut butter, I'd say you got to go to Pittsburgh and try it. I'm probably going to be recommending those. The cookie dough I want to bring home to Laurel from Eat Me because it was probably the best vegan gluten-free cookie dough I've ever eaten in my life. Um, So overall, this was a success for right now. We'll see in a few hours what happens. Yeah, I I wonder if it's easiest to just give each place sort of an out of 10 score. Mm -hmm. Should we do that? Um, So Rob, did you... Did you talk about Pittsburgh Dairy when you did your overall thoughts? I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I did. I just, I, I okay. really enjoy it. It's a, it's a really an awesome shop. And, and you brought up how they now have a Park Ave location, which is really cool. Was I accurate? You I know you went accurate. to the original, but. Yeah, I went to the original because I was already in that neighborhood, but I did look it up online. They do have a Park Ave shop, which is really cool. When I went in there, speaking of buying milk, there was like a, an elderly gentleman ahead of me and he was just buying like a six pack of giant milks, the glass bottles, <laughs> yeah, and the glass bottles. And he was kind of giving me, uh, he was kind of mocking me because I didn't have a bag and I had like three giant things of ice cream against my, in my hands as I was just freezing, waiting for it. <laughs> but it, it's kind of funny that we chose to pair up the place that uses absolutely no milk with the place that has milk in its like name. Pittsburgh dairy. Store, like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how fair this was, but we'll see what happens. Well, it wasn't, these aren't even necessarily matchups cause we're just giving them each a score. Yeah. Um, but it is interesting to eat them back to back. That's for sure. Uh, for me, 
I I would say Eat Me Ice Cream was a really cool experience, and it can place every time I eat something. I'm like the least vegan, gluten free person, but every time I eat stuff from a good local place, I'm always impressed, and it makes me want to keep trying stuff like that. Uh, my wife has been starting to eat a little bit gluten free, like you know, more so than we ever have, more than zero, um, and that's been making her feel better and healthier. So maybe. Maybe some more of that type of food products in our future. But I thought if I didn't know those were gluten-free or vegan or whatever, I probably wouldn't be able to tell the difference. But I don't really have a discerning tongue for ice cream the way Rob would. Um, but yeah, the the cookie dough, I would buy that again just to eat it. I love Scratch Bake Shop. Their chocolate chip cookie is one of the best I've ever had. And I think my wife really enjoyed kind of the wacky flavor and i think that'd be a fun thing to keep around almost like a palate cleanser you just have a little scoop for dessert when you don't want to have a ton of calories or something and uh the vinyl was probably my least favorite but also good and if i ate it on a cone and you didn't tell me otherwise i'd just be like hey this is good and refreshing i did kind of think the eat me was refreshing i'd say eat me i'm giving an eight out of ten with an asterisk knowing that if that's your only option for ice cream it's probably a ten out of ten um just I think that that's a that's how I would describe it. I guess there's nothing else to say. It's it's an eight, eight and a half, some eight and a quarter maybe with an asterisk. Um Pittsburgh Dairy is probably my favorite place to get ice cream. It, it's expensive. That's something we should mention. It's probably like nine or eight bucks for one of those quarts. I think it was eleven each. Yeah. Okay, even more. So. And I mean People are lined up out there all the time. It's very popular. It's delicious. Those flavors are crazy, and there's tons of mixins, so it's pr- it's probably baked into that cost a little bit. Um, but they're it's fire, man. It's so good. Uh, the dirty vanilla. I agree with Randy. That's my favorite of the bunch. Uh, that the Cookie Monster. I would highly recommend. Uh, but my wife gets chocolate almond crunch there. She gets the peanut butter fudge. She likes their flavors too. And you can have one big scoop of this and it's a whole dessert basically we had a lot of ice cream today and i'm pretty full but uh each one was its own full experience you know uh what about you guys i i'd say for pittsford dairy i I'd, i hesitate to give anywhere a 10 because it's the first two i'd say nine and a half for me yeah i go eat me eight and a half and pittsford i'd go nine i think they're close I think every ice cream I'm going to eat is going to be eight and a half and above anyways. I'm, gonna, I'm curious to see if I have bad ice cream at any of these places. So, uh, yeah, it's a strong start for this competition. I would go, and similar to Andy, this is like an asterisk kind of score for if you're just rating all ice creams on one scale, I would give Eat Me a seven and a half, and I would give Pittsburgh a nine and a quarter. So... And again, if you have somebody who cannot have dairy, I would absolutely recommend checking out that that the cookie dough version that we had today. It was excellent. For me, what throws it off is when I had that chai that I didn't love so much. And then the mezcal passion fruit, which again is just a matter of taste. That's one of those things that, you know, Andy was one of your favorites. I really did not like that. And that's just the style, you know. Yeah, I, I thought it was good. It was Christie's favorite. Okay, yes. But yes, uh, but I liked it, is what you're saying, I so, guess. Yes. Um, so yeah, I, I think both of these places are worth going.
going to, worth getting. I thought it was fun just to eat something that's very different than what I normally eat. I almost mm-hmm. always exclusively eat ice cream at this point when I'm eating a frozen scoopable dessert. <laughs> so to eat something vegan, gluten-free was, it's just different for me and I enjoyed it. So I'll be thinking about that cookie dough and it's going to be hard for us to divvy up these flavors. Although Randy claims he doesn't want to take any home just because he didn't want to eat it. But I can always make the excuse that I have kids and then eat most of it myself. You guys convinced me. I changed my mind. I'll take yeah. them all home. <laughs> okay. You owe me like $40. <laughs> awesome. Well, that, uh, yeah. Go ahead. That's, I think that's our, our week one. We, we don't know who we're going to have next week. We've got to kind of look at our list and figure out what we're going to do. But uh, we'll be releasing these all throughout August. Oh, we are going to do peeves and plugs next. Yeah, good call. So let's move on to peeves and plugs. Randy, do you have any peeves or plugs this week? Yep. Didn't know you were going to call me first. So my mind went blank, Rob. Why don't one of you guys do it? I had, I have a plug. Oh, I totally. I'm forgot. ready to go. I've got my. Wait, peeves I got a plug. Plugs. I got it. I remembered it. <laughs> All right. The reason. Let's be honest with everyone. The reason we're dancing around everything is because I had a little extra thing planned, but I don't think we have time for it. So we're going to just skip over that and go right to the peeves and plugs. We'll yeah. do it next episode. I think our cream streets took up a little extra time. So peeves and plugs for me. Oh, are you ready, Randy? Do you want? You go? can go, Andy. All go right. Ahead. Peeves for me. We went to Seabreeze, and I got to experience. Some pushy parents at one of the rides. My kids that, you know, there's like 18-year-old kids running the kiddie rides, you know. So, and they're supposed to be following COVID restrictions, but not, I mean, I didn't care about that part of it. But there's like partitioned places to stand in line. And six kids were allowed on this ride. My kids waited. We didn't have to wait much, but they waited in line. They waited their turn. And they, this ride was poorly designed. Everyone has to get off in the same spot, and everyone has to get on in the same spot. So the kids who are waiting in line have to kind of smush over while the kids come off. And, you know, little kids, they're scared. They don't know where their parents are. There's a lot of shuffling. And there was a group of, like, six. There's like, three families together. And they kind of shoved their kids in front of mine. I'm like, there's only six spots. But what ended up happening was fine. I, didn't, I never said anything. I would have just waited again because I am not a... You know, I don't confront people very often. I just don't care enough. Mm. Um, What happened was there was more kids allowed on per section of the ride. But I didn't know that. And, like, these kids were all budging. I don't want to yell at the kids, but the parents are encouraging them to go. And I was just like, this is not my style. I mean, I, I would never say anything. I don't care. But I'm like, we needed a better designed ride, better policing of the lines, and just people to follow the rules. So that was my peeve. Don't be a pushy parent. Just kind of follow the rules. Um, and then a plug, plug in Seabreeze. I loved it. I thought it was great. I rode the jackrabbit by myself. My kids watched me with my wife. They were like, we were trying to fill a little time. So I was like, I'll ride the jackrabbit. You guys can watch me go by. <clears throat> and then we went to Bill Gray's after. It's just, it's just an awesome experience every time. The food, we went to the tap room so Christy and I could have one, you know, a drink after a long day. And our food, even in the bar area, was out in like five minutes. It's so good. And it's just awesome. So plug in Bill Gray's. And then this was maybe my best plug. It was a find. I, I got told about it by a parent of one of my students. They said, your kids might like this. Um, there is a public splash park, like, you know, like a kid's splash zone at a water park. It runs during the day all summer from like 10 to 8 and it's at the 
park in East Rochester. I think it's called something like Edmund Lyons Park. I, I'm not sure of the name. Do they have a beach volleyball courts there? Probably. Because I've been to a park in East Rochester, and it's like a pretty nice park. I don't, honestly, pavilions. East Rochester is so small, I don't think there's that many parks. <laughs> yeah, it's right it's behind probably... like Lois E. Bird School. I think so. Yeah. Was there a splash park there? I don't know. <laughs> they do Zumba lessons yeah. in the parking lot. I, I think this is probably the same park. It's a big park, and it's in East Rochester. So. Yeah, probably. Uh, but my kids went, and it's just a free thing to do. And it was like 93 degrees out that day, and my dorky kids were wearing their full-length sl- <laughs> sleeves, shirts, and sun hats, and everyone else is running around. I was like, ooh, we are the overly concerned about the sun parents, but whatever. They still had fun, and... They uh, were just like splashing and they'd get hit in the face. And for the first time they cried, but then like eventually they were just laughing and stuff. So it was a great place to let your kids go blow off some steam, cool off. The water was freezing. It's like (laughs) when you turn on your hose that cold because just coming out of the pipes. But it was a great time and and an awesome place to take your kids. So this is now a parenting podcast. Nice. Um, So my plug is the South Wedge Farmer's Market. In the South Wedge, uh, Thursday nights from 4 to 7, it's right next to Tap or right near Tap and Mallet. It's in a little alleyway between some buildings. Um, I'll just read off some of the places that are Sounds there. Sounds like Randy's just setting somebody up to get mugged over there on Thursday. <laughs> no, very safe, Rob. <laughs> You're very to keep safe. Your wallets in You're the like, back it's, it's in this alleyway between this bar and <laughs> uh, So Amazing Grains Bakery is there with their amazing salty bread. Uh, Flint's maple is there. They make all these different like maple flavored with maple, actual maple syrup foods. Like mm. they had maple um, lemonade, which mm. was really good, wow. and some other types of drinks. Uh, Gods and Gladiators, where they make these cool Rochester shirts and prints and other art. Um, the Little Brownie, which is a bakery, pretty cool. Great bakery. Great bakery. Uh, other couple cookies. other bakeries are Solistic Sweets, actually. Uh, Laurel, who does a little brownie. That's why I'm plugging this place, obviously. Yeah, I think you've mentioned it. But, uh, I think it's yeah. okay to promote it but, to um, 100 She does a great job. So, I mean. Solistic Sweets is another bakery that goes there, and Laurel got some free leftovers from there, but it wasn't gluten-free. It was just vegan. It was like a red velvet kind of mini cake. Mm-hmm. So she gave it to me. Amazing. It was delicious. Uh, stir Red crazy. Velvet's one of my favorite oh, flavors. Oh, so good. Yeah. And the... the I like cream cheese frosting. And it was vegan, but the frosting on top, you'd never be able to tell. So it was so good. Stir Crazy Kettle Corn is there. Um, Berry Farm. Uh, Vetter's Beef. Which Are you is on just... the board of directors of the Southwedge <laughs> Guys, Farmers I'm just, Market? Just reading. I want to, don't want to miss you. Uh, Vetter's Beef, which is great because they're just out of the back of a truck. Good thing we, good <laughs> thing we cut that extra segment. <laughs> Uh, Mojo's Micro Farm with microgreens. Rob might know more about this. I've never really seen what microgreens are, but they're small greens. Yep, very small greens that you can grow yourself. Uh, English toffee. Um, there's always music, so it's a different band or musician that plays there. It seems like Randy's really pandering for me and you to come to the farmers Guys, market. Come next to week. the farmers market. <laughs> it's right down the road from uh, Pizza Wizard, so you can always go get some Pizza Wizard, which I did a couple weeks ago. Right after. And uh, yeah, it's a very cool market, very small, but definitely literally may have just sold me. I love the Pizza Wizard pizza; it's so good. Tap and mail, it's right there. You can go get a drink, and uh, it's very, very, very safe to go. Just want to put that out there. I, I wasn't implying that it wasn't. It's just the way you're describing it in an also, alleyway. Available all day at a local butcher shop. The two by two by two by two breakfast sandwich showdown winning sandwich at McCann's local. Meats. Oh yeah, right, right in the neighborhood, right around the corner. Yep. 
And I think, isn't there like a nice uh, outdoor seating area at Tap and Mallet in, in the back? Yes. I think so. So it's, it's a cool place to go. I mean, mm-hmm. the Wedge is, has been the up-and-coming neighborhood for years and years. And actually, it's one of those places where I kind of wish I bought a house because it seems mm-hmm. like it is a kind of a cool city neighborhood. Like, you walk around and is, great shops. Isn't there a neighborhood safe. called Swilberg down there, too? Swilberg is the restaurant that is like right on the corner. Well, that's but there the is a Swilberg neighborhood. Yeah. That's where Sw- Jamie used to live. Yeah, that's Swilberg. off of uh, Laburnum yeah. Crescent. Is Correct. like in that neighborhood. Yeah, like near cool. South Clinton. Just cool neighborhood mm-hmm. names. Cool, that's cool all. neighborhoods. Uh, so, Randy, you mentioning microgreens. Oh, do you have any peeves? Uh no. Okay, so I have two peeves and two plugs. One is microgreen specific. I was at this uh, wannabe kind of hipstery bar and restaurant. I'm not going to say where. But they meant they had this cocktail, and it said in the cocktail that there were microgreens, and all it was was like spring mix that they had chopped <laughs> into small pieces and thrown in a glass. And I'm like, what the hell is this? Small greens, like you said. Well, microgreens are supposed to actually just be small in their entirety. You're not supposed to cut them small. This was like diced greens, and it was just like <laughs> just a bunch of basil <laughs> across the board. If you were to like look at the menu and, and read the cocktail menu and read the food items. You would think like, wow, this place is great, and everything under delivered in every capacity. And this is from years ago, but I just remember I was like, that is not cool. Also, not cool. Peeve number two: Harbor Freight is no longer accepting the twenty percent. They don't have those twenty percent off coupons where, you know, you could always go there, pull up your phone. They have like a twenty percent off any one regularly priced item coupon. Like, when you, like if you go to Michael's or Bed Bath & Beyond, yes. there's just a standing 20% Correct. off one item. And they just stopped doing that. Uh, then again, their prices are also significantly cheaper than everywhere else on everything, so it's still kind of awesome. So but. plug, I just got it today. If you're a member of their online thing, they'll send you coupons. So like mine was like 10% off anything. Like it's At not Harbor the 20%. Freight? Yeah, I just get the notifications. So they must have just oh, you download the to app. this program. Yeah, Ooh. it's like an app that sends you notifications. You're buying some tools? No. <laughs> Just keeping, keeping just a coupon collector. Just keeping up on the coops at uh, HF. Okay, well that's that's good to know. And I do have two plugs. Uh, plug number one: Thai uh, seasoning Thai bistro, which is in Webster, just beyond the AMC Theater. So if you kind of go up Empire and go beyond the AMC Theater, it's on your right hand side in this plaza. Amazing food, amazing, amazing Thai food. I've had Thai food before, but this place it's the best Thai food I've ever had. It's actually on like technically Ridge Road, I think, if you were to like look up the address. But it's basically you go up Empire and kind of just go past the AMC. Now, if you're a super fan of the show, you'll remember from a long time ago. I also plugged that place, Rob. So now you've got two hosts oh who love it. It was the best Thai food I've ever had. Yeah, I think I need to go, and we'll just do an honestly. It was yeah. so good. I went at the beginning of the pandemic to like. So we they've been around for a little while. Them. Yeah, it was it? It's new. It was like though, right, right, yeah, right when they opened, which kind of stunk because it was right at the beginning of the pandemic. But it was honestly the best Thai food. I, I had Thai had. food once. I don't even know what the flavor profile like of lots of microgreens. I think. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's it's good. It, it's like there's this Thai basil, which is it's not mint. It, it's definitely its own thing. But it, it's this. It's curries. It's I had this um, Thai iced tea that was incredible. It looked insane. The color was insane, and it tasted so good. It has like condensed milk and this orange color to it, and it was. <laughs> I was gonna say, there's only like a handful of 
Well, this is wrong. I was going to say, there's only a handful of colors. Like, what color could it bright, be that's insane? Bright orange. I'll show you a picture. I took a picture of it. it, it is, orange? Whoa. Oh, yeah. It's like it's like almost like creamsicle. Well, you get this iced tea. I know tea, what you mean. And it's this creamsicle color. It was really great. And then... It's not brown, which is what you expect. And plug number two is the... Sh- and this one's not for kids. So if you're at home, kids, plug your ears. This plug is not for you. Plug it for the plugs. Plug it for this plug. The show... Fleabag on Amazon. I know it's. I'm late to the party. There are only like two seasons of like six short episodes each season. I think several Emmys. So several mm-hmm. Emmys. It's just that you know. I th- I think it's. You're either gonna think it's funny or you're gonna hate it. But I thought it was one of the funniest shows I've seen, and also heartwarming and kind of deep in some ways. But just, I mean, many moments where I was either yelling out loud or laughing really hard out loud at crazy things going on in the show. Can't say enough thing, enough good things about it. So it has a, a funny, like c- cinematographic cinematographic effect. I don't know yeah. why, like they film it in a funny way where cuts. she breaks the fourth wall too, oh, which yeah. I think it is used poorly a lot of times yeah. or like it's cheese ball. This is, she's so good at it. Yeah. She's hilarious. Yeah, Phoebe Waller. Uh, it reminds me of Jim from The Office, how she'll just do his kind of looks at the camera. Yes, yeah. But Her expressions are so amazing. Yeah, and it's but it's like faster, it's drier, it's usually like R rated. Yes, you know, so the it's it's great. A lot of quick cuts, and, and it's funny too. There's this one one of the episodes it starts with the end, and it kind of brings you back to where how it got there. Which can be like a really cheap device, but in whatever, however she used it, it was like amazing in this episode. Mm-hmm. Hey, there's a plug. Randy is on another podcast called Cast Bringers, and they had a, a bit called "Has the Cast Watched Memento?" <laughs> and I ended up watching Memento because of it. Like Did you? after like five episodes Great of you talk about it. It's so good. It's so a great good. movie, rather. Yeah. Yes. Also, Andy, we could have used you on the podcast because one of the hosts did not watch Memento. So which could have host? Uh, it you was not, not you. <laughs> not be named. No, I watched it, um, and it was awesome because I hadn't seen it since me and you watched it in college. Yeah, a long time uh, exactly. Ago, yeah. Same yeah. thing. And I'm like, I remember this movie. Yeah. I remember how it's made, but it is so uncomfortable watching it. Like mm-hmm. they they filmed it to make you feel like the main character and feel uncomfortable, yes. and it the whole thing. I, I listened to a whole podcast about it too, and uh, the rewatchables. Yeah, that's a great podcast. Well, just also. even the way they said, like when they normally film a movie, there's always like an end to a scene. They specifically, even moving backwards, had them cross over by like ten to fifteen seconds, both to help you understand the device. Yeah, but also to make like there's just no there's no good endings. There's no time to breathe. It's just you're jumping in in the mm-hmm. middle of a scene. It cuts and he's in the middle of a chase scene. It cuts and a car is pulling away and you're like, yeah. ah! Very manic. It's stop. a very manic yeah. uh, movie, it feels like. And it's Nolan, so, you know, we're yeah. all big Nolan heads. Yeah. Very cool. Awesome. Well, I think this was a great episode, guys. And I... I self-plug. Self-plug. Guys, <laughs> you know what? One more plug, guys. Listen to Talking Trash. It's a great podcast. And... Check out, our, check out our email, <laughs> talkintrashroc at gmail.com, and check out our Instagram, talkintrashroc, at talkintrashroc. And I think that does it. Until we eat ice cream again. <gasps> Until we eat again. That's a good ending. Until we, we eat again. I like it. Keep eating. <laughs> again. <laughs>